And welcome. Hello. This is the next report covering Unix and Overlook Pop Culture. Um, episode number one. This is our real debut episode. The last one was kind of a kind of a preview of things to come, and here we are. Um, February nineteenth, twenty thirteen. And today's topic, this week's topic, is uh, the Linux Steam client finally coming out as well as basically gaming independent games in general um steam was in beta for linux and now it has been officially released about time um some of the games on there are on sale too all the games on there are on sale until the 21st so that's basically you have about a few days before sale ends um yeah just from the get-go i have the page up here it looks like most of their main games are around they're pretty cheap i mean you can get counter-strike source for 4.99 the original half-life game is three but well 2.49 they've got uh, some really popular ones like trying Two is 374 really the only kind of expensive game on here is a uh, like some of the newer ones they've got a couple like like Eastern European first-person shooters for like ten bucks, but for the most part, a lot of their games are under five, if not, you know, cheaper. <laughs> and that, I think that was good timing on their part. Uh, I I actually downloaded it on my main desktop, and you know, you know it's no slouch. It's eight core, six to eight core processor. I can't remember off the top of my. No, it's six core processor, eight gigs of RAM, one gigabyte AMD based video card. Uh, I've noticed that their their client still has some bugs to work out. It does come with, you know, you can grab uh, Team Fortress Two for free, and and all of that. The the there's still some issues. You have to enable experimental. Uh, drivers, you have to enable pre the pre-release repository in Ubuntu, and you have to install the at experimental drivers for NVIDIA or AMD, whichever graphics card you have, in order to basically run games off of Steam. Is it fairly stable, even though you're having to do that kind of stuff? or? Um... The only issue that I've had is loading times. Uh, it's, okay. It it I mean it could be because it's you know doing the whole physical address extensions because I'm only running a 32-bit operating system on something that's meant to run 64-bit software, but it it takes a while to load. It takes a while for Team Fortress 2 to load, but once it loads, it actually runs very very well. Um, the you know 
And correct me if I'm wrong, under normal circumstances, you get a game for Steam, right? Yeah. Are you able to play it on all your machines through your Steam account? Well, they've got a they've got a license for that. I don't remember exactly how many machines, but you can put them on multiple ones. I probably should have looked that up, but if I recall, like if you you have on some games, uh, let me I can even look that up real quick. Um, I know that if it's set up in such a way that if like something happens to your computer, um, you can pretty much get your uh, all your games off of there and play them pretty easily right because like what happened was you know I, I did the idiot thing to say oh I'll, I'll install steam on my Acer Aspire 1 netbook with the with an AMD you know accelerated processing unit they're a little you know with you know integrated graphics right inside the processor and <clears throat> just to see how it would run and and Team Fortress 2 would load up on it but it would have some license validation error and disconnect me from the server and it's supposed to be free to play I'm like what so I'm like okay it looks like I'm, I'm, I'm on a, a forum right now where they're talking about it and apparently they've uh, recently set up a thing where you can actually have your Steam account on as many computers as you want, and it's just as long as you're not using one at multiple times. So I guess, you know, that way you you don't give all your friends your Steam account, you're all sharing the same games. So basically, like, if you have a laptop and a desktop computer, as long as you're not trying to use both of them, you're good to go. So I would imagine that carries over to Linux as well. Now, it looks like they have something to fix there, so... Because, like I said, I... I I had it trying to run it, and it just works on one machine, doesn't work on the other at all. Hmm. So, who knows? I mean, I'll have to look into it again at some point, but... They might have a different kind of setup with cross-platform stuff like that. I've never really heard of like people trying to you know play it off two different operating systems or anything so you never know there might be some kind of disconnect between the two yeah it, it looks like, and every now and then i i would get a message saying that the beta period has ended i'm like what <laughs> so there, and of course shortly after that there would be another steam update so i'm like oh, okay they're still trying to fix this thing <coughs> and my sinuses are draining so forgive the cough <laughs> It's forgiven. But that it, it kind of reminds me, though, that and it's because of Windows 8 that they decided to, you know, Valve just made the decision to do this, because apparently Windows 8 is making it a huge hassle just to publish games on Windows. So... I guess that's a victory for everybody else and independent gaming in general because World of Goo is on there. It's a great game. Um, um, I think Penumbra is on there as well, if memory serves. Oh, I can check. Let's see here. Rolling through this list. I know they've got... Um, World of Goo is definitely worth it. We got that 
I had signed up for one of those uh, um, humble indie bundles where they you can donate money to charity and get some games. Or you, what it is is they have you split. Um, this is completely unrelated to Steam, but you split money towards a uh, either charity or the developers. And I think they the first one they made over a million dollars like within a week. But I ended up getting that game, and then I liked it so much I eventually picked it up on the Wii just because it was that good of a game. So the fact that that's on there, that should be... If, if you like... If anyone out there likes uh, physics-based games, it's one of the better ones. Absolutely. it's. And they do have Penumbra. They actually have the entire collection of all the Penumbra games for 4 bucks. Yeah, I... Like I was one of the you lucky ones that because I mentioned it or something like that, or or I can't remember it, it may have been some sort of bundle type of thing to where I gave as much as I felt I should or could or something like that, and I got all three of them and yeah that that game scares scares the daylights out of people I'll I'll tell you that much I've yet to play that. I have the problem where, like, I saw, I did, like, the first two or three of those those bundles and uh, ended up with, like, 30 games out of the deal. And I, with my job right now and everything, I just do not have time to play all that stuff. Plus, I have, I my main gaming console is a PlayStation 3, and I get games on that all the time and uh, through PSN Plus. So, it's at the point now where I have all these games that are, like, you know, still in shrink wrap, <laughs> and I'm trying not to be a hoarder with them. So, it's like, all right, <laughs> you know? Here's some free time. I really need to try this, right? Well, then you end up like you know looking at cat pictures on the internet for an hour and a half or something, completely wasting your time. <laughs> so. Or 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 looking on the new fan page, UCM Confessions. Uh oh. <laughs> well, some of the things on there sound. That's, that's our local college, by the way. <laughs> yeah. The University of Central Missouri. I choose red. I also choose to paint red inside of the student union, despite the fact that red is a common color that often induces anger. <laughs> oh, what marketing genius thought of that one? I don't know, but oh well. Um, but yeah, some things on that fan page sound possible and don't, not too surprising others. They're probably making stuff up. It basically what it is is that it's one of those websites where people can anonymously post whatever they want, and it's generally you know you get people that post about when they broke up with someone or something. And lately, there's been a lot of people posting like just horrifically disgusting <laughs> stuff on there that you're not sure you're like that can't be real, <laughs> but your part of you is like, what if that is real? <laughs> oh, oh my. And, and and I'm sorry if, if doing a certain uh, risque act with an egg turns it into a hard-boiled egg, then maybe that egg was not so fresh after all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they. Uh, I don't know. Are there any uh, on this? Uh, actually, they have a game on here called Closure that I just recently got. I haven't messed with it too much yet. That's kind of cool. Ten bucks. What uh, what games are you most looking forward to to pick up on here? Um, don't know yet. I've I'm trying to be you know fiscally wise at the moment, but I may grab 
one or two games just for the heck of it. That is, if if I don't if I don't uh, switch to another uh, distribution within a couple of days, because um, I I tested one, I tested PC Linux OS their live environment off of a USB stick on my netbook, and and I was able to get recording working better than that, even using the you know, internal microphone on built in to the computer. So I'm like, okay, I may have had to fiddle with the volume settings again, but I was able to get to work to a point. So I may just switch to that and install that, but that way I can record off of my computer instead of borrowing yours. Hey, no worries, man. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, Penumbra, if memory serves correct, they recommend you turn the lights out for the maximum effect. That's always a good sign. I remember back in the day, Resident Evil 2, you know, this is, you play that now, it's not scary, but back, you know, back in the day when that was the best graphics you could possibly get and everything, playing that at 3 a.m. with a group of friends, uh, walking by boarded up doors that you previously had gone by and then zombies suddenly breaking through them. Yeah, there was a, that was that was pretty messed up. <laughs> it was pretty intense. So if they can replicate something like that in a modern sense, that would be awesome. All the indeed it would be. And and this this kind of reminds me we're we're I'm seeing kind of a trend where more and more um, people are making more and more games, and and it's kind of a less and less of a monopolization of ideas. Um, do you think, do you think that's the, that's the case at all or? Oh yeah. Well, like, uh, you ought to check out, there's a, a documentary. Um, I watched it on Netflix, I believe. I can't remember if it, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Netflix called Indie Game, the movie. They actually go around following some of those guys and basically it's talking about, you know, why you have so many independent publishers nowadays. Cause the, you know, let's face it, the market right now. No companies want to take any risks whatsoever. So that's why you don't have, you know, innovative games. You look at, you know, a generation ago, there was weird games that came out on the GameCube, like a game called Odama, where you it was like a pinball game that you controlled with a microphone and bongo drums. And you never see stuff like that anymore. Now, you know, you've got your yearly Call of Duty game, your yearly Madden game, your yearly, you know, games, basically. And there's no kind of anyone taking chances well that's not necessarily true because it you know people are starting to realize that it's the companies that are taking chances are these smaller ones that might not have 100 billion dollars to hire morgan freeman to do a voice on their game or something that you know inflates the costs up but you can have games like uh you know world of goo or super meat boy or something like that that you know are completely successful for you know what they are I mean, look at, you got Minecraft. Minecraft, when it was even in its beta stage, made some outrageous amount of money that, you know, completely set that guy for life. <laughs> and he didn't have to go through EA or THQ and, you know, stuff like that. Well, TH, THQ no, no longer exists, but see where I'm going. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I've been noticing that people are realizing 
that maybe they don't have to go to that big digital publishing house anymore and they can actually do it themselves, be more successful. And you said there a lot of companies aren't taking chances anymore. Now, there is a group of people who are taking a chance, besides Steam, on a gaming console called Ouya. Oh, yeah, I remember that Kickstarter for that thing. It looks interesting. Um, that It actually surpassed its uh, initial goal by quite a bit. And now, they're, now, I believe, developers have development consoles and everything else to write games for. I know, supposedly, there was some big companies, too. Nothing like I know uh, Square Enix was supposedly going to be putting Final Fantasy 3 on there, which isn't... You know, a huge, you know, that game's ancient, but it's still kind of cool that, you know, it's getting recognition from, uh, you know, large companies. And then it furthers my theory that Final Fantasy will be playable on pretty much everything here soon, even toasters, microwaves. And... <laughs> oh, my. I'm sorry if a mass immune pops out of a microwave, I'm going <laughs> to get scared. Well, it's like that, that new trend lately. Like, there's washing machines that have internet and crap on them. It's like, okay, that's necessary. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Washing machine, your clothes are dry, and you have mail. Thanks, I'm ten feet from it. I heard the annoying noise that it made. <laughs> Let's yeah. see. I'm going to look up here. Do you know of, uh, like, a lot of games? I know that the Ouya pretty much has a, uh, like, a, uh, Android phone OS on it, more or less, doesn't it? It's Android-based. It's... I believe it's probably ARM-based or something along those lines. I know there's... I've got a list of games up right here. I'm going to see... Final Fantasy 3... I'm going to see if there's anything that jumps out at me. I'm not familiar with a lot of these. There's, these are probably some uh, indie games that might be... They, they very well could be uh, like Android games, and I don't really deal with i i'm a, a ludite when it comes to smartphones i don't really have one so there's a lot of these games people are like oh hey you need to play this i'm like i have never heard of this game um if you see battle for west north on there i'm going to be cheering i don't see it currently on this this the the list i have it's just on wikipedia it's a list of ouya software and there's uh a lot of it, there's the first wave of games appears to be coming out in March 2013. You've got 100 Rogues, A Tofu Tale, Final Fantasy III, um, let's see, Gun Blitz, Positron, Red, Rival Threads, and etc. But it looks like they're doing some waves. The first big wave's in March, and it looks like April there's some games coming out, and then May... Um, then half of the games on here, unfortunately, say to be announced, so we'll see what happens with that. That's definitely interesting. They definitely have a decent launch compared to some of these consoles that come out like this. But, I know what usually kills these uh, smaller consoles is they'll have... I remember uh, the Nokia Engage came out. It had, like, two games. Well, it, was, it had a decent launch, but, like, it only had, like, four games, and it just did not get off the ground whatsoever. Yeah, wasn't it the one where the little midget guy was on there too, and and everything else? I'm not sure about that. I remember 
one of my friends in high school got that phone, and in order to play games, you had to take the battery out of the back of it, and you had to unscrew it, remove the battery, and the cartridge slot was underneath the battery. So it was like the most unusable system pretty much I've ever seen. Wow. That, and it wasn't a good phone either, because you had to hold it sideways like you were talking into a taco or something. It was pretty stupid. They also have a list of some games that are like unconfirmed, and there's a rumor that there's going to be uh, Cannibalt, Grand Theft Auto 3, Madden, Minecraft. And so it looks like some big companies are possibly going to port some stuff over to it. So, I mean, that's a good sign. And and that now it's like practically everything's going to turn into a gaming console at some point. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you have one of the biggest gaming markets right now are cell phones. You have people that I don't know specific numbers but I mean, you've got people that play there's people I know that I work with that are not gamers whatsoever and they'll sit there and play some of the more some of the casual games, you know, derogatory terminals but with quote, quote unquote casual games but they'll play stuff like uh, Bejeweled and stuff like that for hours during break and you know it makes you wonder what actually constitutes a quote-unquote casual gamer, because I guarantee some of those people actually play games more than I do, considering how often they're on their phone. <laughs> or the people that play Farmville and stuff like that on Facebook. It's a different type of gamer. They may not necessarily be a platform gamer, but... Oh, yeah. It's just it's just a different type, and sometimes it's just... I want to kill time while I'm on break, so there we go. Oh, yeah. Well, and I, I remember that was one of the reasons I I got uh, kind of fed up with... I, I worked for a video game website for a while, and I got, kind of got fed up with it because a lot of the, the fanboy stuff that was going on where, you know, something would come out, and if it didn't have Master Chief sitting on the front of it, people would be like, this, ga- this game's for kids, and it's a casual game, and blah, 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 blah. I just got old within... You know, a few right. years. <laughs> and fanboyism and fangirlism, or just just extreme fandom in general, is it can get pretty intense to deal with. But yeah, there's definitely a good market for uh, for small companies, though, and especially lately, there's been a lot of. Uh, I don't know. Did you hear about what happened to THQ here recently? Um, no, I have not. Please enlighten me. There's a big problem right now because of video game costs that uh, a lot of companies that, you know, would normally do fairly well have been going under. And so you have a company like THQ, which, you know, makes, used to make money pretty well. They had, uh, you know, the UFC license, they had the WWE license, they had all these, like, large game licenses that, were bringing them in money, but they made a bunch of stupid business deals and kept trying to restart games like that no one cared about. And eventually, they uh, they ended up going into bankruptcy, and all of their assets got sold off. So lit- THQ literally does not exist anymore. Uh, Take Two Interactive got the WWE license. The UFC license has long since been sold to I think it's either EA or Activision. I can't remember. And, you know, it's basically because games are so expensive to make right now that these companies will go out of their way to hire, you'll have, like, you know, games to where they'll they'll get, like, you know, 
hot, big, a, you know, A-list Hollywood celebrities to come in and pay them a million dollars to record a voice or something. And, you know, they're cranking these things out so quickly, meeting all these deadlines, and, you know, they're releasing what essentially nowadays lately has been like a you know a five hour long game because they are trying to rush them out and it's just not sustainable people people are waiting now that games are more expensive people are waiting to buy them used they're renting them instead and you're just not getting any money from them and it's just it's a broken model and if there's anything that like things like the hundy the humble indie bundle showed is people are willing you know like they they literally said hey hey pay whatever you want type situation we'll give money to charity and, you know, yeah, people probably went in there and gave them a penny because you could do that. And those people are jerks. But you also had people that were in there donating, you know, paying what they were worth or paying, you know, 50 bucks or something right. just because they wanted to support the, the cause. And I, you can't tell me that, you know, games have to be $60. I think there was a, a an EA representative one time that went on a big tirade about that and you know, he thinks games should be 75 or $100, and it's like, you know, way to go, dude. You're the reason there's a problem right now. And EA is the same company that puts ridiculous restrictions on their games in the first place to the point where the people who legally bought them grab the cracked version online so they don't have to deal with the hassle. Oh, yeah. Was, was EA the company that put Spore out? Yes. I remember the, the DRM for that was pretty ridiculous because you were supposed to have been able to play uh parts of it offline without all that stuff but then well because that, that's the thing is that the cracked versions of the games don't have any drm so the people that are getting penalized aren't the pirates it's the people that buy the game legally i remember uh ubisoft they had their computer version of assassin's creed had D a really crappy drm on it where even though it's an offline game it had to authenticate via a server all the time so, like, if you bought that game and you didn't have any sort of internet connection, you literally could not play it. And, because it would be like, you know, can't connect the server, you need to log into your Ubisoft account. And they got enough hate mail that they eventually reversed that. But, you know, it shouldn't take a bunch of hate mail for someone to do something like that, you know? Agreed on that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, hopefully... hopefully We'll see more and more progress being made in terms of gaming and other other types of creative works. Um, the the way the install works is you install the package, you launch the client for the first time. The client goes in and downloads the rest of the required files from uh, from you know from Valve itself. So. So it's kind of like it includes this small executable file and it it grabs everything else for you. So, and using the package manager's normal features to update the installation routine and going from there. So it's something that can be translated to other distributions as well, which is a good thing. And it's, I'm glad that they actually have it on there because I was kind of worried that they weren't going to put it on Linux after... I mean, it took them for, for quite a while to put it on Macs. And they only, you know... They never specifically in, in the past interviews... Granted, I haven't really been keeping up with it for a while, but they, they people would ask them, hey, are you going to put this on Linux? And it was kind of a 
wishy-washy, eh, maybe type thing. So for them to have actually done this, this is awesome. It shows that, you know, not everyone has to have a Windows-based computer to enjoy playing games. Because if there's one thing that was always kind of disheartening when I worked retail was always when people would come in and they'd say, you know, do you have any games for Mac? And I'd be like, here's The Sims or something, like the one game that we had. Or it'd be like a, you know, a, a hide-and-seek, you know, find-the-object game, and that'd be it. <laughs> like, that's the only one that has a Mac logo. Sorry, dude. <laughs> you know? and, and now with uh, compatibility suites and compatibility layers, um, <laughs> options have been extended a little bit, but having having a native version of these games is even better because they'll you'll get 100% performance out of those. So Oh, yeah, because you're not emulating them like you were in the past, pretty much. Or yeah. emulating the system, I guess, at least. Well, emulation's not quite the right term, because, like, when, you, when you're talking about emulation, you're mimicking entire pieces of hardware. Yeah. Um, compatibility layer, and this is where a lot of people get confused about it, wine, the acronym stands for wine is not an emulator, and that's technically correct. It's, oh, nice. It's, it really is not. What it does is it takes, you know, the, you know, system calls from Windows, DirectX, what have you, and translates them to the corresponding calls for the type of operating system that you're running. So a lot of Direct3D calls get translated to the relevant OpenGL calls so that you can still get, you know, 3D acceleration in your games and things like that that were initially made for Windows. Yeah. Only problem is there's overhead on that, and you may, depending on the system you have, you will suffer somewhat of a performance penalty, which is why it's good that Steam's doing what they're doing because people can potentially get maximum performance out of their games by having an actual build for it instead of just, uh, using a go-between, basically, to get the thing running. That's awesome. It's one step in the right direction. We'll have to see if they can eventually, you know, port most of their stuff over, then we ought to be in some pretty good shape. Well, absolutely. And looks like we're about out of time for this episode. I'm Thomas Holbrook. I'm Stephen Kelly. Remember to entertain yourself, educate yourself, and empower yourself. Visit our website, thenextreport.com. We do have a forum on there. So if you want to share your thoughts and everything else, that would be a good place to do it. Anyway, we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye.